Hey everyone and good morning. Welcome to our third week in a row of our virtual vineyard experience. We are so glad that you're tuning in with us. We've been praying as always for our gathering this morning and we have faith and expectation that God is going to meet you right where you're at through the worship, through the message, and even through our prayer and ministry time. As you probably noticed, your screen looks a little different. We've integrated the VOTR Weekly experience onto your screen. Now you can chat with us, you can request prayer, you can give online, follow along with notes, even read your Bible. We continue to try to make great technological upgrades to your live experience so that you can continue to worship with us. But more than all of that, more than the upgrades we're trying to make, more than anything we're trying to do together, we are just so glad that you're with us. We're so glad that we can continue to pastor you and serve you and love you. We are so glad that we can still be church together through this COVID-19 pandemic. So let's pray together. Invite the Holy Spirit to move wherever you're at, in your lives, in your hearts, and invite God to unite us again in worship and in prayer. Join me in prayer. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much that as we're scattered around northern Colorado, that your presence is with us, that you are always with us, always ready to draw us into your love. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now to fall in our homes and to minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. morning, everyone. My name is Matt, the worship pastor of Vineyard Church of the Rockies. This is Natalie. And we're going to spend a few minutes singing together. We encourage you, no matter where you're at, maybe sitting on your couch or just chilling in your bed or wherever you're watching this, to actually sing these words out loud, to make these lyrics your prayer. Don't just watch along, but, but sing and engage in worship with us. Lift your voices. And I know that may seem a little bit strange at first, but I believe that God will meet you right where you're at as you engage in worship. So uh, I, I just dare you, take a risk and raise your voice. Turn the volume on your computer or your phone all the way up and sing along. Let's sing this song together. When darkness tries, when darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I owe When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken My fear, my fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance afraid to leave my past behind I won't be shaken 
No, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love There's power, there's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. There's power in your name. Sing it again. There's power, there's power that can every chain there's power that can empty out a grave oh there's resurrection power that can save there's power in your name there's power in your name my fear doesn't stand a chance when I chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love oh, oh my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when I in your love that your perfect love casts out fear as children we come with arms open wide so Touch your heart Cause we need your presence To change who we are So we ask Come Holy Spirit Come in your power Come in habit I pray 
as we raise our voices in song, I pray that you would join our voices together supernaturally, Lord, across the blocks, across the city, across the miles, that we would be joined together in one song to you, our one King and our one Lord. Lord, this is our cry and this is our prayer. We ask that you would draw near to us and that you would speak to us. You would make us more like you today. You would surround us in your love. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for singing. Well, good morning again. My name is Jeff. I'm the lead pastor here at the Vineyard Church. Again, so glad that you could join us for this worship experience. And we have been praying that God would speak to you this morning and speak to your heart about some of the things that he has for you. And so we're excited to be able to continue to worship and share a message from God's word with you this morning. Before I jump into the message this morning, I do want to give everyone a quick financial update on where the church is at. Many of us right now, we're looking at our own personal finances. We're wondering about when that stimulus money is going to come, how we're going to pay some bills. Some of us might be rearranging things from savings account to checking accounts to maybe even postponing some special plans that we had until this all kind of shakes out. And our churches is no different. We are taking a good look at a number of things right now uh, and how we can navigate COVID-19 through this kind of uh, financial situation. I can tell you right now, we are saving money on certain things and we are increasing spending on other things. We're decreasing money on our Sunday experience because we're just simply not gathering, but we're increasing our spending when it comes to outreach and compassion and benevolence, the ability to care for our city and care for people who are vulnerable during this time. So first, uh, I just want to say a huge thank you. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has continued to give. The amount of people in particular that have switched over to online giving, this has been so significant. And I am so thankful that you've made that transition. Because you've made that transition to online giving, we have been able to continue our mission to the city around us. We've been able to continue the day-to-day -day operations, caring for families, and reaching those in our community that maybe are sometimes overlooked. Because of this generosity, I am confident that we're going to be able to continue to move forward in this mission and in this ministry, both within our church and the city around us. So thank you for making that switch over to digital and online giving. If you haven't yet done that, there's still time. You can navigate that on your screen right now. And there's just a, a couple clicks away. It's really easy to use, and we would love for you to make that transition this morning. The second thing that I want to say is simply thank you again. As we look at 2019, we had a really good year financially in 2019. You outgave yourself. You outgave our budget. Not only did that happen, but as a staff and as an organization, we underspent. And when those two things happen at the same time, you outgiving and us underspending, that has left us with a little bit of a surplus. 
And under the leadership of our very wise board of directors, we put that all into an emergency fund. And we're really thankful that we did that. We're now looking at a couple of months of cash reserves where our staff will still be paid, or still be able to operate uh, our normal day-to-day -day operations. And that's because of your extravagant generosity in 2019 and our stewardship together as a church family. And I'm so thankful that we're able to accomplish those things. Third, I wanna say that your continued generosity to our church is making God's work a continued thing here in our church community as well in our as well as in our city. We are continuing to support our neighbors and the people in our city and of course the folks inside of our church family that are very vulnerable right now who've maybe lost jobs or had re have reduced hours. As we've done this, uh, we've been able to care for real and practical needs of families in our community and in our city just Yesterday, we handed out over 400 bottles of hand sanitizer. We gave away diapers and baby wipes. We also gave away that coveted toilet paper and other papered goods. And much of that has to do with your generosity, that in this time of insecurity, you have doubled down on God's mission. You've not been afraid or shrunk back, but instead you've been generous with the ways that God has been generous to you. And we've been able to continue that mission. I'm so thankful for that. Together, then I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you in this moment to continue to have faith and to continue to give as God has given to you. We started a unique fund when COVID-19 hit. We started a giving team. And many of you signed up for that right away. We actually already have over $16,000 given to that special fund. And everything given to that outreach fund is given away to families in need in our community. And I am so honored and humbled that we have a generous church that continues to do that. Some of us are still getting paid and some of us are still getting paid well. Many of you maybe had a special fund for moments like this. If that's you, I want to encourage you to give extravagantly during this time. It is in moments like this that the church can rise up and make a difference in the world around us. Maybe you have reduced hours. Maybe you're not making quite as much. And to those that, were, are, that are being affected financially, during this time, I want to encourage you to pray about what God might be asking you to do. Because very rarely is it about the number. In fact, more often, God is after a heart of generosity. We just think about the story of the boy who brought the, the few loaves of bread and the few fish to Jesus. Jesus took that and multiplied it and ended up feeding a multitude. And God will do the same thing with your gift, no matter the dollar amount behind it. I truly believe that this is a time of favor and blessing for the people of God as well as the church of Christ. And as we continue to give generously, God, God will pour out his blessings and he'll pour out his love and his power. So let's pray this morning together, thanking God for the way that he continues to move in our church and in your lives. And then we'll jump into the message for this morning. God, thank you so much. Thank you for the ways that you are generous to us. Help us to reflect your generosity to the world around us. I pray for each and every family right now that's listening to this, 
For every family that's joining us on this Sunday morning, I pray that you would speak to them about what you have for them, the ways that you want them to continue to be generous during this time. When the world is living in fear, when the world is shrinking back, God, help us to rise up as a church. Help us to rise up as Christians to continue your great work on this planet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, as you remember last week, I talked a lot about embracing your true identity as we continued our series together, Does God Really Love Me? Last week, we talked extensively about how when you're adopted into God's family, you get to move from a transactional relationship into a transformational relationship with Jesus. If you missed last week, I would really encourage you to find that talk online, to watch that because in this moment and in this time in our cultural history, I think it's really important for us to learn how to embrace our true identity as a child of God. This week then is, is kind of part two of that message. We're just going to continue that message on in a, in a title, in a message that I've titled, Confronting Identity Thieves. Confronting identity thieves. Our identities always seem to be under attack as anxieties and as stressors rise up, as titles and positions are stripped away from us. We can feel pressured at times and we can feel spiritually attacked. Some days it feels like the very moment that God plants something new in our hearts. It's that same day that that seed is trying to be stolen away from us. It turns out, if that's ever happened to you, that you're in good company. This happened to Jesus, too. And so I want to open up our text for today uh, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4. I'm going to read three verses for you this morning as we kind of jump into this message. Um, I think it's going to be a powerful, powerful text for us this morning. Matthew 4, verses 1 through 3. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. This is the story of Jesus fasting and praying, the story of Jesus being tempted and spiritually attacked in the desert in a moment when he was quite vulnerable. This is, I think, familiar territory for many of us right now. We're feeling insecure. We're feeling vulnerable. I think this text applies directly to our lives. I think many of us are probably experiencing temptation and spiritual attack during this unique moment. And if you read the whole chapter, you can find some really interesting kind of parts of the story. You can really study and, and dive into this text and learn all kinds of different ways that God was using this and the ways that Jesus can speak to us today. We really only have time to cover one of these topics this morning. And so I want to focus on one specific thing, especially as it applies to our life in kind of this unique pandemic moment. And that's looking at the very first thing that Satan says to Jesus. The first thing that Satan says to Jesus is, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, if you are even the son of God, Satan says to Jesus. And, and, and of course he is. Of course we know that. 
right? Even just a few verses before chapter 4, you read this section of scripture, Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17. You read about the very baptism of Jesus Christ. I want to read 3.17 for you in particular because this is the verse that happens right before Matthew 4, what I just read to you. It says in Matthew 3.17, after Jesus is baptized and he comes up from the water, an audible voice from heaven speaks and says, and a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Can you imagine that scene? Can you imagine what that had to look like if you were just there, just as an onlooker, hearing a voice from heaven saying, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. That had to be an amazing, amazing scene. And what's wild about this moment is that Jesus hadn't even started his ministry yet. He hadn't chosen his disciples yet. He hadn't walked on water. He hadn't healed anybody yet. Yet God from heaven says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. God is speaking identity to Jesus. He's bringing definition to Jesus. You remember last week I talked about how there's a difference between the way we are described and the way that we are defined. Right now, God the Father is defining Jesus as a dearly loved son. But the very next thing that happens is that Jesus goes on a prayer retreat. He goes into the desert to fast and pray. And this is when the devil shows up to spiritually attack that, that identity that God just spoke over him to everyone else. He tries, Satan tries to rob that identity right away. And we are no different. We are no different in our own walk with God, in our own journey with Christ. Satan will try to attack your identity too. Satan tried to attack Jesus by saying, if you are the son of God, and Satan will try to attack you with the same technique. Satan might even be saying to you right now, if you are a child of God, if you even are a child of God, one of the first things that Satan will try to make you do is question your relationship with God. Question whether or not you're adopted into God's family. If you are a son of God, if you are a daughter of God, Satan will try to steal and rob your identity. If you are even a child of God, if you are, then, then do something. Make these stones into bread. Do better. Do more. Make yourself valuable or prove yourself to earn God's love. Some of you are very familiar with these kind of accusational thoughts that Satan tries to throw at you. Even right now, even over the last week, some of you have heard or thought things like this. If you are a child of God, why do you mess up so much? Over the last week, maybe Satan has tried to say something to you like this. If you are a child of God, why doesn't God help you more often? Why does it feel like his voice is always on mute? If you're truly a child of God, where is God? If you're a child of God, why do you yell at your kids so much? Why do you lie? Why are you addicted? Are you even saved? Are you even an adopted child of God? Does God really love you? 
Has he really adopted you into his family? And of course you're loved by God. Of course you've been adopted into his family. We talked about this last week. If you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you've been adopted into God's family. You are a child and God's love for you is unshakable. But that doesn't mean you don't feel these attacks. That doesn't mean that that tape recorder doesn't play over and over and over again in your head. It doesn't mean that the enemy isn't trying to steal and rob your very identity as a child of God. That's his first tactic, questioning your adoption into God's family, trying to steal your identity as God's child. The second tactic, though, isn't very different at all. If Satan can't get you to question your identity, I do believe that he will at least try to make you feel like you don't matter. Satan might say something like this to you. If you're a child of God, then you're an outcast. Then you're an outcast. He'll try to make you feel like a second-rate citizen of the kingdom of God. You might be adopted into God's family, but you barely made it. God doesn't really like you. He won't really come through for you. He might answer a hundred other prayers from a hundred other people before he answers your prayer because he's not even really sure if you're going to make it in the family of God. These are the types of attacks that if he can't make your first love and adoption into God's family insecure, then he's just going to start poking and ripping and trying to steal this second kind of reality. He's going to try to make you feel like even if you're adopted, you're just an outcast. Satan might be saying to you, if you're a child of God, you sure don't look a lot like Jesus. Why do you get so angry all of the time? Why are you depressed? If you're really a child of God, if you're really beloved by our Father, why do you still struggle with depression? You must just be an outcast in God's family. I mean, maybe you're in God's family, Satan might be saying to you, but you're just one mistake away from being kicked out. You're one mistake away from being forgotten. Maybe he's allowed you in, but he's going to withhold all of the blessing. He's going to withhold all of the favor from your life. And if you don't change, and if you don't change fast, you're going to continue to be an outcast. You're going to continue to be a second-rate citizen of the kingdom of God. These are the types of phrases that Satan loves to try to speak to God's children. Your feelings don't matter. Your opinions don't matter. Any kind of success you've ever experienced doesn't matter. Some of us know these voices all too well. Some of us will struggle with these voices on a, on a daily basis. Maybe you grew up with a sibling who just did everything perfect. And you had bad grades. Maybe you grew up with a sibling that stayed clean and you struggled with addiction. Maybe you've been in and out of church, coming to church and then running away from God. Maybe you've been in and out of bad relationships over and over again. Even the perfectionists among us have these thoughts because we're always grading ourselves next to this ideal image or this perfect image, which of course is an impossible feat to ever get to. 
for the perfectionist, the divide between our shortcomings and this perfect ideal, the chasm is so wide that we surely think God can't love us in that in-between stage. Even if we look good on the outside, if people or if God was fully aware of what was going on in our inner world, surely we would become more and more of an outcast in God's family. Let's take COVID-19, for example. If you think about this scripture, if you think about being tempted at the core of who you are as a child of God and the way that Satan, even if he's going to allow that to be a reality in your mind, try to make you feel like an outcast. If you look at this text and you look at our current cultural reality, it might not be a, a perfect comparison, but I think it absolutely applies to our lives. You see, right now we're forced to stay at home. We're in isolation from work and from family and from friends. Our normal day-to-day life is it's just all jacked up. Even on Sunday mornings, we can't get together like we regularly do. Our stress is high. Our finances are low. You can't touch anybody. And even the kids who you love so much are kind of starting to drive you crazy. You live in all of this tension and you almost have this guilt of wanting to have a break, wanting to embrace this identity as a child of God, but feeling like you're standing on insecure ground. Like Jesus from this text, we are also in a very vulnerable position right now in our hearts. And when you're living in vulnerability, this is when Satan loves to come and attack. This is when he loves to come and say, if you are a child of God, how come you never read your Bible? If you're a child of God, why don't you give more? If you're a child of God, why are you still an addict? Does God really love you? Why does it seem like you're getting pushed further and further away from God? Why does it seem like you're looking on the outside, looking in? Are you even part of God's family anymore? And it's in moments like this, it's in moments of this consistent and ongoing attack that sometimes you just need to take a stand. Sometimes you just need to say, shut up, Satan. I am not defined by my mistakes. I am not defined by my shortcomings. I am defined by who God says I am. I am defined by the fact that he's adopted me into his family. And I am defined not as an outcast, but as someone who is loved and embraced by the Father's love. You see, in God's family, there are no outcasts. There's no older brother's shadow that you have to live under. There's no comparison to the younger sister or the neighborhood kid who seems to have it all together. There's no language like that in God's family. There's no language like that in the kingdom. There's nothing that's ever said from God to you, man, I wish you could just pull it together. God doesn't speak to you that way. Whatever phrase you use, whatever phrase you've heard before, all of that is eliminated when you're adopted into God's family. There are no outcasts in God's kingdom. There are no second-rate citizens in the kingdom of God. There's only children adopted by the Father's love. Scripture says in Ephesians 2.10, 
that we are God's masterpiece. That you and I are God's masterpiece. That's us. That's, that's you. That's me. And somehow, some way, in all of our brokenness, in all of the ways that we fail to measure up, God calls us his masterpiece, adopts us into his family, and says, I've created you for good things. I've created you to represent Christ. And you are indeed a masterpiece. So where are you at these days? As you hear that scripture, as you hear some of these phrases, as you hear some of these ways that you might be under attack, how are you leaning? Can you embrace the truth that God says you are his masterpiece? Do you feel spiritually attacked and oppressed these days? Are you beginning to question your salvation? Are you beginning to question whether or not God has your back, whether or not you have anything to offer to God's kingdom. As I close, I want you to wrestle with some of those phrases. I want you to wrestle with some of those thoughts because I truly believe that God wants to minister to you this morning. He wants to minister to you this morning and throughout your entire next week. He wants to set you free from those lies and those accusations. He wants to minister and strengthen your heart as a child of God. As we move into our time of prayer, I actually want to pray a couple of things over you. So wherever you're at right now, at home, in your PJs, in the living room, in the kitchen, I just want to invite you to join me in prayer. Maybe that means closing your eyes, if that helps. Maybe that means putting your coffee cup down for just a moment. Maybe it means praying some of the things that I'm about to pray out loud over yourself. Do whatever works for you. But I want you to join me as I pray some of these things over you because I believe that God will speak them to you as well and God will minister to you in this time. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, right now, would you minister to us? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us right now? I know that we're scattered all across the city. I know that we're scattered all across the state. I know people are even tuning in from around the nation. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us right now? Pray this prayer. Pray these prayers right now as we pray together. Just say in your own prayer life, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am secured in God's love. Pray this prayer. I am not an outcast in God's family, but I am a masterpiece in God's family. When Jesus came out, from being baptized, an audible voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved child who brings me great joy. Let God speak that over each and every one of us right now. This is my dearly loved son. This is my dearly loved daughter who brings me great joy. God, help us. Help us to 
become aware that we bring you joy. Help us to become aware that you have created us as a masterpiece in your family. And help us to confront the identity thieves that would try to steal that identity from us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to continue our service together with a little bit of worship. During this time, I would encourage you to worship with us. I would encourage you to respond uh, through giving, through requesting prayer online. And just continue as we are together, united in Christ, to honor God with everything that he has for you. Thanks.
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We are so glad that we can continue to meet like this. May God's blessing rest on your family. May God's blessing rest on your own heart as you continue to walk out your journey with Christ. As we close, I wanna invite you to one last thing. I wanna encourage you to join our prayer and fasting team. This is something that we kicked off last week and I wanna invite you to consider joining us. You know, these are unprecedented times. And as you look at scripture, anytime God's people were facing obstacles and trials and challenges, the leaders gathered together and they called the people to pray and fast in order for God to come and break through in this moment. And so as a church family, this is what we're going to do. We're going to come together united in prayer, united in fasting, asking God for a breakthrough, asking God for a cure, asking God to flatten that curve and to heal our land and to heal our hearts. So here's what you can do. We've made this really easy. So you can just follow the link that's online. You can sign up for our prayer and fasting calendar. And we've done it in multiple different increments, two hours, four hours, and 12 hours. And you can sign up for multiple ones in a row if you would like. We started small so that even your children could participate. And as you sign up, we're inviting you to pray and to fast for God to move. My vision is this, that over the course of the next couple of weeks, over the course of the next month or two, however long it takes, that Vineyard Church of the Rockies will be united in prayer and in fasting. And that any hour of any week during this pandemic, we will be asking God to break through. We'll be asking for God's favor to be poured out. And ultimately, we'll be asking God to heal this land and to heal our own hearts. So sign up for that. I think it's a great way for us to stay united together, even as we're apart. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us this Sunday morning. And we look forward to continuing to, to minister and to pastor this church and the city that God's called us to. God bless you. Thanks again.